Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Glasses in session. Find Try This from The Washington Post wherever you listen. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is VSIN's Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shah on VSIN, the sports betting network. We begin hour number two of Big Bets here at South Point Casino and Hotel in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. Dave Ross and Mal Shaw here. I always love when we have our next guest on, Tank Williams. I, I, I think I'm going to call Tank the king of house football. And he is, of course, does a great job on Yahoo Sports. Always great to catch up with Tank. Tank, how have you been getting through without House of the Dragon? Have you been, have you been okay to get by? Because we got to wait like years for the series to come I back. I know. It's tough, but one thing I did, I actually went back and watched a few really good episodes of, like, the old-school Game of Thrones, and so that's been getting me by a little bit. But it's <laughs> well, tough, though. It's tough. Well, we'll hang in there. I wonder what's going on in Tennessee, because we saw last week, right, Ryan Tannehill, they were doing, like, the Byron Leftwich thing here. It felt like they were going to carry him every play like they did Byron back in his Marshall days yeah. tag. Like, is that, like, they just want to get Tannehill out there at any cost because they don't trust Malik Willis yet? What do you need to see from Malik for that coaching staff and the teammates to say, all right, rookie, you're up and let's back in. Let's go. Well, it would be easier for Malik if they had some game changes on the outside. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, Traylon Burks has been hurt. He's trying to work himself back in, but he's not just that dog on the outside that can go out and get open and separate when you need a big play, like the guy that they gave up to Philadelphia, A.J. Brown. <laughs> and so I think that's why you've seen a lot of turmoil and turnover there in Tennessee right now because you think you can draft a guy like Traylon Burks, come in and lean heavily on that Derrick Henry run game. The offensive line has been a mess over the past couple of years. They really haven't had any depth, and that's shown when Taylor Lewan and some of those other guys have gotten injured. And then you go and you play Philadelphia, and then the guy that you decided not to sign just goes off and helps his team blow you away. Then mm. that's why you see the GM get fired and all that stuff. And so I think that's why you're seeing a lot of issues in Tennessee right now. So it's not just a problem that Ryan Tannehill or someone else can fix. They need to get some depth along that offensive line, get some playmakers on the outside, figure out that quarterback situation, whether it's going to be Malik or one of these other guys coming in the draft, and then try to forge uh, ahead from there because Jacksonville is coming up on their heels strong right now. I love the point, Tank, you just made about the wide receiver situation. A.J. Brown in Philadelphia has helped Jalen Hurts immensely. Uh, the Cheetah has helped uh, Tua a lot in Miami. We see Jamar Chase in Cincinnati. Burrow could play, but still, Justin Herbert has Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. And I think Malik Willis needs somebody on that perimeter. I say the same thing about Justin Fields. As a former defensive player, what is the difficulty for a young quarterback when you don't have that go-to guy, and how much easier is it for a defense to kind of maybe to be able to pressure them or give them different looks that challenges them. Because as you alluded to, they don't have anybody that's separating themselves and it really makes it tough on the offense. 
Like when you're going against the number one wide receiver on the outside, you're going to pay him extra attention all over the field. Obviously, when you get in the red zone, you're going to have bracket coverage where you're going to have your safety providing help to the corner, playing inside and out. You try to eliminate him from the equation for the uh, quarterback. But then also when you're in the middle of the field, you may have someone playing underneath the routes, a safety always over the top, or you may end up having – you know, a, a zone coverage where you have the guy just playing a neat, maybe somebody inside and then a safety over the top. So there's always additional bodies around that number one threat because, you know, he's a big player at every snap. And so when you don't have that, it allows you to take away the Titans' most dynamic weapon, and that's Derrick Henry. So you stack the box and say, hey, this young quarterback who has a little bit of issues reading coverage, doesn't have anyone that can separate from my DBs, make him try to beat us playing man-to-man coverage, knowing that those wide receivers can't separate, and we can have an extra man in the box to make sure we take away King Henry. And as long as you can do that, you can run the ball against those stacked boxes and your cornerbacks can hang on to those wide receivers on the outside, then it's tough for the Titans to move the ball. See, this is why I love talking to Tank, right? Because you can break it down and realize what's happening in real time and what defenses are doing when your best weapon is King Henry. And you go, well, what's wrong with, with Derrick Henry? This is what's wrong. They're well, stacking I, the box, taking him away. I figured I'd ask Tank a good question today since he didn't wear something Game of Thrones, so I was at least happy about that. <laughs> but he's I was still- trying to give you a break. I was giving you a break. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. That's why I thought I would give you something nice. <laughs> the king of house football continues our conversation. Hey, Tank, when I look at Thursday night's game here, speaking of you look, young quarterbacks in the league. Like, we're talking about Malik Willis and we need to see something. We need to see something from Trey Lance. What do you see from Zach Wilson? Because, boy, I- I'm not saying they're going to run him out of New York, but New York is not like Tennessee or Jacksonville or some other places. We're seeing it now from Trevor Lawrence. I think that that's what everybody wanted to see in Jacksonville is the maturation process. What about Zach? I know as a DB, would you be wicking your chops going up against this kid right now in New York? It looks like he throws it up to the other team just as he, much as he does for his own. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing with young quarterbacks. I mean, and all players in the NFL, like confidence is a hell of a drug. And so once you have some positive momentum going for you, you're able to make some plays on the outside. Like you said, he has some dynamic wide receivers. You have Garrett Wilson. You have Elijah Moore. Corey Davis is going to be healthy right now. So you have some guys to sling the ball through. But if you're a little bit unsure in your reads and things like that, you hold the ball a little bit longer, and then they may have you throwing it to a dirty window versus a clean window or that leads to sacks and turnovers and things of that nature. So I think the more comfortable he is in the pocket, the more comfortable he knows of where he's going with the ball and he can trust his eyes, he can just let it go and just allow those playmakers to make plays around him versus feeling like he needs to make a dynamic throw on every play. And when you see with Trevor Lawrence, the game is really slowing down for him. You can see him manipulating the DBs and doing things like that, which means that he's not flustered about what's going on in the pocket. He's getting better protection. And so I think that's leading to more explosive plays for that Jacksonville offense. They still turn the ball over at times. They're still a volatile team altogether because you have these silly turnovers. You give up explosive plays on defense at times, but I feel like the more that they continue to gel and believe in themselves and that they can be one of the better teams in AFC, we'll continue to see production from them. And I believe the fact that they were able to beat the Titans, come back and beat the Cowboys, and now see themselves in the AFC South title race, I believe we'll see better, more consistent ball coming from them moving forward. Tank, I love your line on confidence is a hell of a drug. I'm going to steal that one. That's a really good line. <laughs> that is terrific. I gotta, well, go, there's a lot of things. Confidence, momentum, all oh, that's a hell of a drug. I, that's fair. <laughs> I want to go a little bit off topic. Uh, today's National Signing Day for high school players going to college. And you're a guy that went to Stanford. For you, coming out of Mississippi, take me through a little bit about what your thought process was. Look, I know this. If I could qualify for the visitors tour at Stanford, I would go visit. But I wouldn't qualify for that even. To me, if you get an opportunity at Stanford, you have to take it. But was there anywhere else that you were considering that you decided to go to Stanford? Uh, Well, it's not like I had a bunch of people just banging on my door. (laughs) I was fairly recruited my junior year, but then I had a few injuries that I dealt with my senior year. So when it boiled down to it, my offers were between Stanford and Central Florida. And basically, that was an easy choice for me. When you go out to Stanford and you see the campus, it already sells itself. And then I was sitting during one of the little introductory dinners and they had Condoleezza Rice sitting at one side of me and then one of the top political science professors on the other side. And when you have like dynamic people just surrounding you every step you go on that campus and then you see the people that you'll be attending class with and as well the people that you're going to uh, battle with between those white lines playing football, it was an easy decision for me to make. I, I agree with him. And I'll tell you what, to me, if I'm the Stanford football program, I say, listen, some of your classmates might be billionaires. If you invest in the right thing, you might be the same thing too. <laughs> it's going to be a, a good, uh, a good, I, mean, I, had, I had some classes with Chelsea Clinton back in the day. I mean, you never know who you're going to step in the class with. <laughs> see, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I didn't have that at VCU. Uh, Tank, I want to stay on that theme here because we did see the big news today in college football is that Arch Manning is officially mm-hmm. going to be uh, 
with the Texas Longhorns, we see the transfer portal, and it's just going crazy here, and you got a guy that's already there that was supposed to be the guy at quarterback. What would your advice be to these kids? Because the transfer portal is something you did not have access to when you were at Stanford. Not sure you would have utilized it, but it feels like now somebody goes, oh, you got in Arch Manning? Then I'm going to go in the portal. Yeah, it's difficult because I understand from one perspective where you may have a better opportunity at another institution. That's why we see coaches that leave one job to go to another job because what? It's a better opportunity for them to further their career. And so in some instances, I feel that's the same way for the players. But then you can also look at it at the flip side where you can say some of these guys are exiting these institutions too early and they're really not learning how to deal with adversity because adversity pops up in all phases of our lives. And so I think a lot of times you have to be able to take a little bit of adversity on the chin, work through it, and then if you can come out the other side in a better place, then that makes you a better person better and a stronger person uh, because of it. And so I, I can see it both ways, but ultimately it's going to be something for a lot of these institutions to figure out how to navigate the transfer portal, NIL. I mean, especially a school like Stanford, I believe that, you know, it's going to be important for their new coach to be able to recruit within and try to sell all the really positive things about attending a school like Stanford so you don't have people trying to exit. Like once you get them at the institution, you need to make sure that you lock them in and then make sure they stay there and they flourish at the same time. I would just say this simply. Do you want to be somebody's boss or do you want to be working That's for it. somebody? That's it. You just stay here at Stanford. It's a, pretty, it's a pretty simple concept. I want to go back to the NFL here. Buffalo, they've got a crucial game coming up on Monday night in two weeks against the Cincinnati Bengals. They could go potentially from first to third in the conference. How important is this for Buffalo? Where do you see the three teams in the AFC stacking up? And when I say those three teams, I mean Buffalo, Kansas City, and Cincinnati, or is there somebody else in your perspective that could emerge in the AFC? Uh, this is an extremely important game for the Buffalo Bills because I feel like Cincinnati, they're playing some of the best ball, not only in the AFC, but in the NFL as a whole. I mean, you see teams like the Kansas City Chiefs who have played close with teams like the Denver Broncos and Houston Texans over the past couple of weeks. Even though I believe Miami is finally trending up, you see the Buffalo Bills that have played in some tight games as of late. But the one team that kind of stands out to me, even though we saw the Cincinnati Bengals struggle with Tampa Bay early in that game, they were able to turn it on, create some turnovers, and then by the end of the game, they won by 11 points and basically stepped on Tampa Bay's throat and showed them that they were the dominant best team. And so I feel like Cincinnati's playing with a lot of confidence, a lot of swag. I love Joe Burrow going to the podium and saying that December is when good teams separate, and they're actually doing that. So I feel like they're playing with the best mindset. They're playing hungrier than anyone else because of the loss that they suffered in the Super Bowl last year. So I believe Buffalo's going to have to make sure that they're on their A game in order to beat a really solid Cincinnati team playing with a lot of confidence going into this matchup in a couple weeks. Got about 45 seconds to go, Tank. Tell me about my Dallas Cowboys. Disappointing loss last week to Jacksonville. Now you got Jalen Hurts probably isn't going to yeah. go. Gardner Minshew's going to go for the Eagles. Are the Cowboys, how do they regroup? Because they're not going to get the one seed now and win that NFC East. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, I felt like they were looking ahead to uh, Philadelphia last week, and then they ran into a really hot Jacksonville team. And even though they should have beat them, got out to that big lead, they just had like some silly turnovers and gave up some big plays on defense, and that allowed a, a good team in Jacksonville to get back in the game. They need to make sure they take advantage of Jalen Hurts, maybe not playing this week, to try to inch back up and make sure they stay in that playoff position. Now, hopefully, they can play against a weak Tampa Bay team that will likely end up getting their fourth. Yeah, that would be the 5-4 matchup as it stands today. He is the king of house football. Tank Williams, Yahoo Sports, you're the best. We appreciate you, man. Absolutely. There he is, everybody. Tank Williams, when we come back, let's continue. Win total Wednesdays. Let's go to the NFC next on Big Bets on Visa. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. VSIN's Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. VSIN is the gift that keeps on giving. Become a VSIN Pro subscriber for just $79. Get access to everything we do from now through the big dance. Sign up today. You're going to receive $20 to buy VSIN sports betting hats, shirts, mugs, and other great gear at our online store. Only VSIN Pro subscribers get access to our daily recap of the top plays made by VSIN show hosts and guests. Tools like our betting splits that you're going to see where the money and bets are moving for every single game. Deep dive betting reports plus our ongoing college bowl coverage with best bets on every single bowl game. This is a limited time offer, so sign up now for the perfect sports betting holiday gift at Get VEASAN Pro Access all the way through the end of March Madness at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Getting ready for that holiday season here, Christmas and New Year's uh, coming up soon. And, and you said during the break, you thought Madonna's holiday is one of the worst songs she ever did. I, she's got plenty of other songs that are yeah, better. That song gets you in the holiday spirit. I can put on a million other songs that are not. Celebrate. Doesn't do anything for you. Let's See, go to Win Total. Our producer is singing it in the back now. See, it's catchy. Let's get to Win Total Wednesdays for the NFC side here. And again, the exercise. Go ahead, Mo. I'm laughing because you know there are songs that come on the radio that you don't even like, but you know the words to? That would be Holiday. That's a perfect example, yes. From, from Madonna. Yes. She does have a thousand hits to choose from. Uh, Win Total Wednesday. Again, the exercise here with three games to go in the regular season is really – is it smarter to play some of these totals, either over-unders, uh, depending on what you think they're going to do in the last three, and or look at some money line scenarios for certain teams with their schedule, and also, which makes this handicap even harder, think about which teams actually need these games and which teams might not, and really kind of mail these in. I'm not saying Arizona is mailing in this contest against the Buccaneers, but Trace McSorley is the quarterback for this weekend's game against the Buccaneers. So say you look at a team like the Cardinals, and you go, well, what's their incentive to win anything right. the rest of the way? Some teams actually might try to improve their draft stock, a la the Bears. They have three wins. Their win total is three and a half. If you think they're going to win one more, you got to lay almost two to one. I see Chicago Bears fans, especially in that five-point loss to the Eagles last week, yeah. going, this was the perfect game. We got our highlight from Justin Fields. We were competitive, and we didn't win. So when you look at the Bears – Big underdogs this weekend against the Bills. They're going to be big underdogs against the Lions and then at home against the Vikings. Why would I lay almost $2 for them to win one of these last three games? I would not. Right? I would not. So, like, the plus money scenario there, and this is what we're trying to do here, people. Find some plus money out there in some of these win total Wednesdays and extrapolate what you actually think is, is the best pathway. You get it's still minus $1.35 to lay the under, but you're not getting plus prices right now in the Bears. No, you're not, and, and I'll tell you what. For me, uh, I would be looking to play. If I were the Bears, I'm playing guys that are not helping us win at this point in time. I want that high draft pick. I want to be ready to improve my team. I don't know if you're going to take a wide receiver. I don't know if Jordan Addison or Jackson Smith and Jigba or anybody else is worthy of taking a pick in the top five. But for me, if the Bears are drafting in the top four, it's Jalen Carter or Will Anderson. Will Anderson feels like it'd be a perfect destination oh. spot for this team, right, on and defense? You get him, and then all of a sudden you bring in somebody else in the second round at a receiver. Because the one thing, that's what they need. They need a receiver, and if they can get that, I think it would help this team offensively immensely uh, because they continue to struggle. I didn't understand the move for Chase Claypool. I didn't like that one. Well, you can get receivers. I was surprised by that. I was really surprised by the Roquan Smith dumping 
to Baltimore. Now he was disgruntled and the new management, the new, you know, it looked like things weren't working out there. Right. But that really did surprise me because, boy, if you still had Roquan and then you added a guy like Will Anderson, all of a sudden you have a ready-made defense. So the idea here, people, for the win total for the Bears, it doesn't behoove them to win. Right. It really doesn't. So I know you don't like to think of that, but when you're handicapping these things going forward, you need to think about which teams are actually trying to win. How about the Panthers? Now, we know that they were in the division chase until last week. It feels like last week's loss to the Steelers, ironically, really kind of takes the Panthers out of the mix. Now, they're 5-9. and nine. Look at this. Six and a half is the win total, i.e., can they win two of their last three? If you think they can, plus $1.75. Steve Wilkes, though, is trying to win every game to prove that he should get the head coaching job. So the motivation is there. Is the talent there enough for the Panthers if you want to back them to win two of their last three? I think it's tough, but this team, they beat Tampa. They're in great position because, remember, they beat the Buccaneers earlier this year. They've got an opportunity to win the division. Uh, you know, Dave, I wonder what, right now I'm going to take a look at what the odds are for this team to win the division because I don't think they're out of contention. The way Tampa's playing, they almost look like they're disengaged at a level where they're not worried about winning that division. Obviously, they have to be able to get in the postseason. Panthers plus 360 is not a bad price if you believe they can go down there and win uh, that game against Tampa. And if they did that, obviously you would play the over at the plus money if you think the Panthers are in play here, plus $1.75 to win two of their last three. Let's go to the Buccaneers. Yeah. They are sitting at six and eight. Yep. Their win total adjusted? Eight and a half. Do the math. Like two, two short set. Do the math. Get a calculator. Are they going to win three in a row? What's bizarre to me, plus 210. I like that number. For the Buccaneers. Yes. To run the table. Yeah. Have you seen who they play? Yeah, but it's the Buccaneers. Okay, there are six and a half point favorites this weekend against Trace McSorley. We are. Penn State? No, we are losing. That's who we are. Um, by the way, you know I always hate that at chant and when you go to State College. We are no no kidding. We know. We, we know. Exactly. We are. We, we know. know. Yeah, exactly. We know who you are, Penn State. I mean, so, so plus 210 for the Buccaneers to win the last three. Seven point favorites, essentially. In are the they desert. beating the Cardinals? I, you got to beat Trace McSorley. So that's a yes. A yes. Okay. Are they beating Carolina at home? They lose that game. They're losing the division. They, because lost, Carolina, they because, lost him 21 to three with the bad Carolina Panthers. The Matt rule Carolina Panthers. Alabama put up like 50 points on Georgia and then lost the national title game. So it's all, all is possible. All right. So you're, they're going to beat the Panthers is what we're saying at home. I'm saying that. Are you saying that? I'm not as convinced as you are. You know, the only thing that hurts the bet though, is if they win that game against Carolina, they win the division. Tank against the Falcons. Falcons, yes. That's the only thing I would point to that's a no in terms of playing the plus would, 210. Would you play Brady in a meaningless game in week 17? No, because you got to play the following week, so you'd rather get like rest. Dallas. You use that as a bye week for yourself compared to the other teams that have to play for it. So I think if you take the plus 210, then you come back with the Falcons at a plus price as they might be a slight, well, they might be a minus 130 favorite at home or something. Well, by the way, you just walked us into a pro tip we'll get to later on in, the, in this hour. But that's exactly what you have to do. Yeah. You have to figure out pathways because you go, boy, Buccaneers should win all three of those games. They might not play anybody week 17, or, uh, week 18, rather, against the Atlanta Falcons, including Tom Brady. And then what's that number going to be as they play the ATL? They'll be dogs. And then all of a sudden you're plus 210, which looks so good if they win the next two. They should beat Arizona this weekend. You would think they should beat Carolina then all of a sudden that game is meaningless against the ATL. So that's kind of the exercise. Which teams are actually still trying to win in that last week of the regular season? That's the key. That really is determining how you make a lot of wagers on the final weekend of the season, season win totals if you need to get off a team or on a team. Look, we know Tennessee and Jacksonville, both are going to play out their strength. Uh, Kansas City, Cincinnati, Buffalo, uh, these are teams that are going to play out their stretch. You look in the NFC, if the Eagles win this game this weekend against Dallas, they don't need to worry about it because they get home field advantage. They already have a two-game lead on Minnesota. They hold the head-to-head -head breaker. With a victory, they clinch home field throughout the postseason. Then Minnesota sitting at 11-3. They actually have a worse conference record than San Francisco. They would need to win out because if the 49ers uh, win out and if Minnesota has a hiccup, then they go to third in the conference. We know Tampa's going to be, or Carolina's going to be locked in as the fourth spot. So I think these are all important things, either when you're looking at season win totals, they might be hinging on one or two games for you, and or if you're looking to make wagers on the final weekend of the season. I can't believe the Vikings, <clears throat> excuse me, are 11-3, first and foremost. I mean, that is the shock of all shocks. Yeah. Just if you said before the season that week 14, or after week 15, you'd say that the Vikings are 11-3, and you said, no way. Well, now their win total is 12 and a half. i.e., can they win two more games? You go, well... 
what would be the importance? Because the Eagles more than likely would have wrapped up the one spot, right? And you're only getting one bye in each conference with the new with the new playoff format. But the Vikings, it is important for them to get the two. It is, right? So then you go, can they win two of their last three to potentially wrap up the two spot to make the, the if if San Francisco were to theoretically play them, they would have to come to Minnesota. And that would make a big difference in that ballgame, right? But then you go, are they just good enough? Are the Vikings good enough, fully staffed, to win two of their next three? I.e., the Giants this week, at Green Bay, who still has an outside shot of a wild card, and then there's that Bears game. Would the Bears even try? It's, it's, I mean, I think the Bears will give an effort. They've given an effort all year long when it looks like they've been just kind of wasting away. But um, it's boy, that Packers game is going to be crucial. I think the Packers are going to be a tough one to navigate there. I agree. I, like, I look at it and I go, okay, my, I can't lay $1.50 for the Vikings to win two of their next three when they're probably going to be life or death with all three of those teams in, like, even strength, you know, any time of the year games. Yeah. Right? And those, we know Green Bay is going to need that game if they have any visions of grandeur of getting uh, into this scenario. So, again, factor that in before you make these, these future wagers. I'll tell you one thing. I just looked at the standings. That's not a lock that I thought it was. Dallas is not guaranteed to be the five seed. Because they've got to play Philly this weekend. That's yep. a game they could lose at Tennessee, which is an important game for the Titans, and then at the Commanders. Which I mean, they'll need. They'll need. So, I mean, this is not an easy spot. You play on Saturday, which helps because you play the Thursday game against Tennessee. But, man, this is really interesting in terms of how things can shift in the NFC very quickly. That, man, again, all these things you have to take into your account and why these win total Wednesdays, it's so hard to forecast yeah. which teams need it and which teams won't and maybe rest those starters. Come on back. Jonathan Von Tobel next talking all things NBA right here in Big Bets on Visa and the Sports Betting Network. VSIN's Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Watch football with a little more on the line by playing free in the Guinness Time Challenge. Just visit DraftKings.com slash Guinness, set your lineup, watch the action unfold as you play for your share of $115,000 all season long. Guinness, made of more. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions to apply. See DraftKings.com for all of the details. We'll get back to the NFL. We have some uh, some. Updates we'll get to before we say goodbye in this edition of Big Bets. But right now, we do want to bring in our senior NBA analyst, Jonathan Von Tobel, to talk all things NBA. And, Jonathan, it feels like to me that when we get to Christmas on Sunday, right, that's when the NBA really starts to take center stage. That, like for maybe the casual bettors out there that haven't been paying a lot of attention. Jonathan, do you see it that way? And I know you've got your eye on some teams maybe in the second half, not saying that that's the, the official beginning of the second half, but it does feel like more eyes get to the NBA once we get to Christmas, which is coming up Sunday. Uh, yeah, I think that's kind of the case for a lot of people. They, they first check in with it when it's – and usually it gets its own standalone day, right? You know, this year it's got to compete with the National Football League, although uh, I don't think they're really too upset about competing with the teams and the games that they're up against because the games <laughs> this Sunday kind of stink. Uh, but, no, I don't think you're wrong about that. And, and, I, and I would say – Go ahead. Yeah, you know, I was just going to say, I, I wonder if you were to, to clue those people in that are just going to tune in starting Sunday. What have they missed so far in the first couple months of the season? Like maybe your biggest takeaway so far for the, the Johnny come lately's. Well, I mean, I, I think one of the biggest things is that home court is important. Uh, that's it's one of the weird things that did not happen last year. Last year, home court was worth about one and a half points, a little bit less this year. It's worth over three. Hmm. Um, and these teams have really been, holding serve at home this season. It's uh, I think held, it's kind of for me at least uh, made it a little bit tougher when you come into the year thinking, all right, we're going to evaluate home court at a certain degree. And it was really a lot more uh, valuable to see these home underdogs uh, really coming in at a very high clip. So that's been something that's held strong here through the early part of the season. And I'd also say, you know, Dave, that the, the teams that are off to slow starts, they're going to be better than I think, uh, you know, people realize as the season moves along. Teams like the Philadelphia 76ers who are starting to get healthy. Teams like the Los Angeles Clippers who are starting to get some continuity. Uh, I think those are teams that you would really start to look at now as maybe buy low teams as we move into the post-Christmas NBA that has more eyes on it because I think those are teams that are starting to find their form as they get some bodies back. Let's go to the association tonight. JVT, I know there's a game you like in Cleveland between the Bucks and the Cavaliers. Good one on paper. Um, Cleveland a one-and-a-half point favorite here, 216-and-a-half. Tell me where you come out and if you have a preference on side and why. 
Yeah, I, I laid one and a half with Cleveland among that. You know, Cleveland has uh, become one of the better home courts out there, like one of the stronger home courts. They've been holding serve very well in the season, uh, which has seen a lot of teams do just that. But from a net rating standpoint, non garbage time, a top five team uh, when they play at home, 13 covers at home. I think a 15 to two straight up and a 13 four against the spread, if I remember correctly. So they, they've been really good when they play at home. And they get a Milwaukee team that has beat them in the first two matchups that they have faced. And then both coming in Milwaukee, uh, no Chris Middleton tonight, which is going to, I think, help out uh, Donovan Mitchell and the Cleveland Cavaliers. And it's just a really fascinating matchup, too, because if you look at Donovan Mitchell and the way that he acts and the way that he plays, right, a guy who can hit pull-up jumpers from anywhere on the court and a guy who can really attack drop coverage, which they play with Brooke Lopez, it's a matchup that I think does play well for Cleveland. And they're healthy, too. Jared Allen back in the lineup now for the last two weeks or so. They're really starting to find their continuity. And Allen, by the way, a sneaky defensive player of the year candidate who's been absolutely phenomenal for a team that now ranks first in defensive efficiency. But I, I think it's an interesting matchup. I think it's one that works for a Cleveland team looking for a little bit of revenge after dropping the first two on the road to this team, getting them back at home without one of their key wing players and offensive players. You mentioned Philadelphia maybe starting to hit their stride, getting healthier. They're going to lay a big number tonight, uh, 12 against Detroit. Uh would you lay that number with Philadelphia at home and your bigger picture? I know you might think that there's still a good time to jump in on a good number to potentially win the whole thing. Yeah. I bet him at 24 to one guys to win the NBA finals. Remember this was a team at the beginning of the season. Some shops had them as low as 12 to one. And the only reason this number has moved is because they suffered injuries. James Harden out for, I think it was about a month. Tyrese Maxey still out with his injury. Remember Joel Embiid uh, reportedly suffered from plantar fasciitis in the off season. And that led to him coming into the season under conditioned. And so this team dealt with a little bit of adversity when it came to health at the beginning of the year. They got off to a slow start. Market adjusts. And I'm going to go in and buy in on a team that I thought had the potential to be a one seed in the Eastern Conference and has really put together some good offensive performances uh, as of late. And they're in the midst of a homestand, too, because it's perfect. Now they get to kind of get their feet under them while they play at home here regularly. I would say for tonight, David, like big spreads like this, more often than not, you're going to get opportunities to get a better number in game, uh, especially if the Pistons come out. It's the second leg of the back-to-back for Detroit. They went and they lost it at home yesterday to the Utah Jazz in a pretty, uh, we'll call it competitive affair, final score might indicate it, but fought pretty hard in that game. Now you got to hit the road. They actually might be a little jazzed up here to get off to a better start. Uh, I would be looking for big numbers like this to get something cheap in game as opposed to laying a big number pre-flop because the way these games are played, you could probably get a better number more often than not once the game starts. Yeah, perfect example of what JVT is talking about. You look at the game on Sunday against Brooklyn. Brooklyn's an eight-and-a-half point favorite at halftime. I mean, these guys are down by, I think, what, 17 points against the Detroit Pistons. They come back and win the game. So always a great opportunity if you sit there and are a little bit patient in that one. JVT, want to go out west right now. I'm not a big fan of Dallas. I know Kelly Bidlin, our producer, he's also not. Uh, tell me a little bit of how you see the Mavericks and any other team that you think is either a riser or, or going to be a team that's falling as we continue throughout the season. I mean, I think for the Mavericks, I've got I've got an under on their win total of yeah. 48 and a half. So I came into the season not really thinking much of Dallas. When you approach this season, right, after losing Jalen Brunson and your additions are Christian Wood and JaVale McGee to offset, you know, a shot-creating guard, it's not really going to do anything for you, right? It's it's why now they're desperately signing guys off the scrap heap. A couple, like, a month or two back, they sent Facundo Campazzo. That didn't really work, so he's gone. And then they just most recently, as we know, got Kemba Walker. So they're, they're desperately trying to find another guard that can create outside of Spencer Dinwiddie and Luka Doncic. So not really a big fan of them. They've started to regress defensively, and they lost one of their more important defensive players uh, for the foreseeable future here as well up front. So this is going to be something where Dallas is, I think, a team that's just going to be scuffling to get to the play-in. Uh, maybe if that, I think they probably are good enough just because Luka Doncic is more you know, incredible at what he's been able to do, that they should be a play-in team at the very, le- at the very least. But I don't know if this team is, you know, top six, say, solidly in the six of the Western Conference, considering there are some risers that are on the outside looking in. And who knows what happens with Golden State once um, they come back. But if we're talking about the Western Conference overall, look, I'll say two teams, guys. First off, I think I mentioned these before. Uh, the Clippers are a team that are very much worth buying low on. I think Kawhi Leonard is playing more minutes per game, is getting in this lineup more regularly, is uh, now healthy by all accounts. And him and Paul George, when they're on the floor together, have some incredibly elite numbers that actually, you know, are the same as when they were together back at the peak of their powers. And I also think, guys, they did just lose on the road. And it's, again, the weird thing in this NBA nowadays. But the Memphis Grizzlies are getting harder to ignore, right? Mm-hmm. And Desmond Bain is not even playing for this team. John Moran has been playing incredible basketball. 
Uh, this is a team that plays extremely well at home. They could get home court advantage throughout the postseason, right? If they grab the one seed in the Western Conference, I would say that this team is going to be one that is going to have to be reckoned with, especially if they're going to grab a top seed in the Western Conference and people have to go to Memphis because they do have, by my account, at least the strongest home court in the NBA right now. They wow. lost last night to the Nuggets, uh, 105-91. But in that game, we saw some NBA history. Only three guys in the history of the NBA have ended with a stat line of 13 points, 13 rebounds, 13 assists. Nikola Jokic did it yesterday. You know who he joined? A couple guys we've heard of, Magic Johnson and Larry Bird. Now, he's 12-1 to to go back-to-back-to-back to to win the MVP. JVT, could that actually happen? I think it could. Uh, And look, I also think, guys, if he is the best representative, right, if he has the best numbers, if he is on a team that still could, by by the way, be a top three seed in the Western Conference, if he's going to continue to do what he's doing, by the way, Dave, uh, I don't know if you saw the other night, he had 27, 29 rebounds against the Charlotte Hornets. He had 20 in the first half. Um, he, he's been incredible. He's been absolutely amazing. He has been by far, you know, if we're talking about pure value to his own team, considering how bad this bench could be, you know, again, one of the most valuable players, if not the most valuable player to his team in the NBA, and they could be winning games this season. So I would say, look, it, I'm always a proponent, guys, of if, if it is the best player, he deserves to win the award. I don't want to hear about voter fatigue. I don't want to hear about any of that. It's your job to give it to the best and most valuable player. And if he hits that, if fits that criteria, then he should win it. But at the end of the day, that's not what voters do. So I would say, like, statistically, Dave, like, his portfolio is that of a guy who should win this award. But will voters actually be able to look past him winning consecutive awards and not give it to somebody else like a Jason Tatum, who rightfully so has been amongst the best players in the NBA and could be the best team or excuse me, best player on the best team in the Eastern Conference? I would find it hard that he used to like, you know, upends Jason Tatum if the Celtics kind of keep this pace. But if he still continues at it, he's got a realistic shot at a third consecutive one. I'll tell you that. And those numbers have been shorted now after that great game again, down to plus 650 here for the Joker to possibly get that MVP. Yeah, I'm not surprised. By the way, JVT, I love what you brought up about the voter fatigue and how you broke it down because I think that's such an accurate point. I look mm-hmm. at Aiden Hutchison finishing second in the Heisman last year when Will Anderson had 15 more tackles for loss. <laughs> I mean, it, right. it's, it's a joke. But they didn't want to do a Bama guy, right? It's like, oh, yeah. we just gave it to Bryce Young. It, it's exactly well, – go ahead. It's guys like last year in the Defensive Player of the Year, right? Robert Williams gets hurt, and so they want to give it to Robert Williams, but because he missed so time, they were like, ooh, we got to give it to a Celtic. So they gave it to Marcus Smart. That's ridiculous. It should have been Robert Williams who won that award. Yeah, right. I and mean, this is what you have to handicap some of these markets this way. It is it's sad that you have to, but, but you do. I know we got about 30 seconds, but real quick, JVT brought up a great, great point, which is, you know, when you look at uh, Jokic, uh, the Joker, he's got to have a uh, amazing year because they're going to be like three times in a row. That's 84, 85, 86, Larry Bird style. Absolutely insane. Hey, JVT, we always appreciate it as always. Enjoy that uh, Christmas Day basketball. We'll catch up with you again next week. Merry Christmas, guys. Thank you. Thank you. There he is. Jonathan Von Tobel does a great job here as our NBA senior analyst. When we come back, we'll talk about some bowl action, some news and notes in the NFL. Come on back. Big bets here on Beeson, the Sports Betting Network. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn criminal trials for one of those candidates, young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast 
is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. VSIN's Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Lace up your cleats with Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook and gear up because it is college bowl season. Log into Bet Rivers every single game day. Receive a bet on behalf of Bet Rivers when you place a wager of at least $25. Bet Rivers has all the latest odds, lines, and boosts to create the perfect game day experience. Head to BetRivers.com, download the Bet Rivers app today to get in on all the action. It is a whole new game. Back alongside Amal Shaw, Dave Ross here. We do want to get to our pro tip in hour number two. It came in the conversation we were having. When it came to win total Wednesdays, again, you got three games left in the regular season. Some teams you're going to look at and go, oh, my goodness, this team is so much better than their next three opponents. They should win out. Let me play the over. Wait a second. You got to make sure that you're looking at which teams actually have something to play for when you get to week 17. That's the difficulty in trying to extrapolate which teams are actually going to try to win and which teams might go to the backup, go to the third string quarterback. Because there's no reason, no no incentive to win, and you start to look at the draft yeah. and start looking at positioning. So before you just jump at some of those futures, you need to map out what you think is going to happen in the next two weeks before you get to the final week of the regular season. There's no question about it because I, I think it becomes tough in that last week. You know how you see players opting out of bowl games. You have a similar situation in terms of starters that you would expect to play That's right. that are not going to be in there and has a huge impact. You'll see crazy line moves in the final week. Was it? Two years ago where the Chargers, I think, were playing the Chiefs and they were a road favorite in Kansas City. So just something you when have Mahomes to Mahomes wasn't playing. Yeah, exactly. Right, exactly. And we've seen this before, right? I mean, like, again, you can even go back to Patrick Mahomes' rookie year when yeah. Alex Smith was the starter. Correct. And then he played in that last game, if you remember that, I believe it was also against the Chargers. And, you know, he lit it up and the, the Chiefs went easily. Those are exactly the things we're talking about here for the pro tip for this hour. It's it, the team's that they stand today that you're going to watch this weekend. Some of them are going to look markedly different in three weeks because they're just not going to play their guys. They're going to see what they have when they're officially, you know, out of playoff contention. So that's something to certainly take into account here before you make those future wagers. That is the pro tip for our number two. Again, we do those across the VEASAN spectrum as a VEASAN pro subscriber. You have access to up to 20 of those a day. You can access those at VEASAN.com. You can sort them out by show and or by sport. You mentioned the bowls. What have you seen so far in some of these smaller bowls? Hey, we had a good one last night between, uh, was it Toledo and Liberty? Yeah. Looked like Toledo was going to easily cover, and then yeah. Liberty gets a couple touchdowns late, but they don't get the, the two-point conversion, so they only uh, Toledo ends up winning by two but not covering. Is there any theme that you've seen so far in these early bowl matchups? Yeah, I, I think when you see teams without their head coaches, they're struggling for the most part. Right. Now, there are a few teams. Louisville takes care of business against Cincinnati, but remember Cincinnati was also without their head coach. Right. So another thing to take into consideration And motivation, look at a team and look at the matchup. I I know Alabama's got Bryce Young and Will Anderson playing, but overall, if you're Alabama, are you excited to be in that game? Whereas K-State's like, hey, we got a chance to play the biggest, baddest dude on the block. There's no doubt about it. That is certainly something to look at. And I wonder if you get an advantage tonight in this uh, R plus L Carriers New Orleans Bowl between Western Kentucky and South Alabama, the only bowl game on the docket tonight. South Alabama is about three-and-a-half-point favorite. That total pretty high. 58. I would mentioned yesterday I liked the under in that Liberty game. Mm-hmm. That was never really in doubt. Now, it could have gotten overtime if they got the two-point conversion. Could have got dicey there. Is 58 a little bit steep for your liking? Uh, and I'm not going to play this total. Okay. Uh, USA's been a solid squad, but I'll tell you what. I, I, if you haven't seen uh, Austin Reed play so far this year for Western Kentucky, the Hilltoppers, good quarterback to watch him play. 36 touchdowns right up there among the nation's leaders. Uh, 10 INTs. Uh, South Alabama, when you look at their team, uh, solid team. They're going to run the football. This is what they do best. Uh, we'll see how effective they can be against a what's not a great defense in Western Kentucky here. Didn't play this game. Not going to get involved in this game at all, but this should be a fun one to watch. You know, it's something that I think we've been trying to educate the, the listener and the viewer on in this bowl season, and that is, to your point of all, that's something you're not going to do before this game begins. But certainly you're going to look for in-game scenarios if they arise. Now, you saw in that San Jose State game yesterday, mm-hmm. 
13 nothing yeah. against Eastern. And we were doing the show yesterday. At that point, San Jose State yeah. was almost a two-touchdown favorite. Right. Okay? Blocked extra point. Eastern runs back for two. And I think they put up 30-plus points unanswered at that point. The wild swings in a game like that yesterday, the Eastern ends up winning by, by 14. You, can, you could have found ways, to your point, of locking in profit. You could have been, if you had Eastern Michigan catching those points, you never sweated it. And not only do they, you know, the, the number's never in doubt, they end up winning by 14. You don't even need the four points. So San Jose State scores the last touchdown of the game to make it 41-27 early in the fourth quarter. But if you look at it, Eastern Michigan goes on a 41-7 run. Wow. I mean, they were just dominant after that. They really got it going with the blocked extra point for two, makes it 13 to two. And from there on in, it was just all uh, Eagles in this one. So do you do you kind of look at it like in-game is the better scenario? I got told by a bookmaker one time, this is probably the best advice. I just know that majority of us don't necessarily adhere to it. You should never bet a game before it starts. Mm. And I would say that's applicable about 90% of the time. I think there are certain games where you look at certain matchups and you go, I love this team in a certain spot. And I love this number. Yeah, I love it and take it. But I think most games, like, for example, I didn't like this game before it started. Didn't have an opinion on the EMU-SJSU game. But when you saw the game and you all of a sudden now you're catching 13-14 with a team like Eastern Michigan, you go, okay, I got an opportunity here. So I, I think when you look in-game, perfect example, you brought it up from two days ago, the Connecticut game against um, yes against Marshall. I wish I had waited on that one. We could have got a great number with UConn. You could have got 32 and a half at 28 nothing. Think about that. That number was 11 and a half. Yeah. Okay. And we thought, well, it feels like a, a good enough number. Yeah. Now they almost ended up covering. They did. They came within nine yards. But the, to Amal's point, you could have got over 30 with the Huskies when they were down 28-0. So yeah. what's, what's the better strategy? Sometimes it is to wait. So maybe for that South Alabama-Western Kentucky game, that's the advice for today instead of laying the 3.5-4 with South Alabama. See how that first quarter plays out. See which teams look like they're really in it to win it, and you might be able to get a much better number than you can right now. No question about it. All right, and one of the games before we go – on this edition of Big Bets. I do want to look at tomorrow's bowl game and just get your early thoughts here, and we'll break it down much more uh, in earnest tomorrow. Air Force against Baylor. Now, this is an interesting one for me because I look at the total, and I think, when I think Baylor, you know what I think of. I think Dave Aranda. Mm-hmm. I think defense. But their defense was not great. Then they're going up against the service academy. You know what I think of there? Tick, 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 tick. We're running the football, right? We're, we're going to do what we do, and that's what the Air Force does is they're going to try to run the football a lot. Is that total at 43? I know it double dogs dare people to take the over. It feels like to me, if Baylor's defense can shut down Air Force, could this under still be in play? Well, yeah, Air Force has got a very good defense. I think that's one thing that's overlooked when you look at the Falcons all year long. Their defense has been extremely solid throughout the course of the season in terms of what they've been able to do. Total yardage given up this year. I mean, only 269. They were fifth against the pass at 156. So this will not be an easy game. Um, I think this is one where you look at it and say this is going to be a bit of a challenge for this uh, Baylor offense at times. But I still think Baylor with the better athletes, I'm going to lay the number here at three and a half with mm. Baylor uh, in a game that's in Fort Worth, so not too far from for a travel standpoint. But I don't think it's going to be an easy game. Remember one other thing, though. Baylor comes in having lost three in a row. You're right. And now you've had some time off. Um, you know, they played teams that were just much more prolific offensively in TCU and Texas, even Kansas State. They've got a good opportunity to be able to bounce back here. Air Force with a good season. They close out the season having won four in a row. Uh, but not against offensive juggernauts. Army, New Mexico, Colorado State, and San Diego State. We know how bad San Diego State is on offense. CSU struggled all year long. They go three and nine. Army can barely throw the football. UNM, I mean, they just had a rough season. They go 2-10, and 10, so I don't put that much stock in it. Um, when, I, when I look right now at this game, I, I like Baylor here. I think they're athletes. I think that's the difference in this one. Dave Aranda, with this much time to get ready for the triple option, he has his defense ready. And you know the, the style that Dave Aranda wants to play, and i got to think he's challenging those guys. Like We talk about motivation, right? Because mm-hmm. I think most people would say well, Air Force would be the motivated team in this bowl matchup. But Correct. Dave Aranda's kind of built differently, and I could see him saying to his guys, this is, this is game number one of next year. Like, looking at it in that regard, because they had a disappointing end of the regular season. I, I would agree with you, and I like that assessment you just brought into uh, the equation. One other thing I would push back on Air Force this year, they've beaten teams. Navy had four wins, and UNLV had, I think, five, five wins. That's the most wins. They didn't beat a team over 500. They did beat Northern Iowa in the FCS, but when you look at who they've beaten – 
They haven't beaten anybody. Baylor would beat the brakes off of every one of these teams. Colorado, one win. Navy with three, uh, four wins. UNLV, five wins. Uh, New Mexico, I mentioned two. Colorado State, three. San Diego State. Um, they're the one. I'm sorry. They're the one team that they did beat that was over 500, seven and five. You saw that game. The Aztecs couldn't throw the ball. They oh, had some yes. ample opportunities there late in the game to be able to score some points. Couldn't get it done. So the level of competition is not like the other. Correct. We know who Baylor running the gauntlet going against a team like TCU that's going to be in the college football yeah. playoff. And I think this number is going to tick up by the time you get to kick off tomorrow. All right. So you, if you want to back the Baylor Bears, mm-hmm. the advice that we're giving you today is you better take that number at three and a half right now because before it gets to kick, it's going to go up the short proximity for Baylor as well uh, playing in this bowl game against the Air Force Falcons. And again, uh, one game tonight, that is Western Kentucky against South Alabama. Boy, what a show we had today. I uh, certainly want to thank Tank Williams for joining us, Jonathan Von Tobel as well. A reminder that on Friday, we're going to have Brian McFadden on the program to talk about the 50th anniversary of the Immaculate Reception, sadly with the passing of Franco Harris today, the legendary Hall of Famer from the Pittsburgh Steelers. Thank everybody for watching the show and listening today. Don't go anywhere. We got you covered right next here on the network. It is the final countdown on Visa and the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.